You are listening to the Self Love series brought to you by Sports and Social Mind. In each episode, we will be joined by some of Ireland's inspiring female minds. This week, our host Megan Scully is joined by entrepreneur, makeup pro, and founder of Moxie Loves, Pamela Lard. Pamela, how are you? Hi, how are, are you? Even? I hope my Wi-Fi is okay. It's just typical technical issues, but I'm great. How are you? So good. I've been looking forward to chatting to you because I've been following you now for a while. I've been seeing everything you get getting up to and I've been seeing your TV stuff as well. So it's been great to actually chat to you in real life. How are you keeping? Thank you so much for having me. I've been dying to chat to you too. We've been following each other for a while, haven't we? Exactly. Yeah, I've been seeing loads of, of everything you've been doing. So let's just get right into it. I said this is a self-love series, but we have to give a bit of background too as to why we are chatting. And I've been doing my research as well. And I know like you've obviously been involved in the beauty industry from a very young age. I know your mother was involved in it. So when for you, like, can you remember what can you like bring us back to like when you decided, okay, this is what I want to do. Obviously you, you were growing up in it, but was it always something that you just thought, right, beauty, that's me. I think so. You know, I loved going to my mum's beauty salon after school and she, she had it went from when I was such a young age, she had two jobs. She worked in the bank in the morning. She went to the salon that she owned in the afternoon and I would go after school and I just loved everything about it. I loved the products. I loved getting my nails done. I had terrible nails, but I would love getting them like painted two-tone. And I think that's when I really fell in love with the nail side of beauty. My mum was more into facials and sort of treatments, whereas I just loved that kind of instant glam. So I, I'd say I was probably about 14 when I knew for sure that I wanted to go into it I suppose then growing up and you maybe saw what was going on and and then was it this moment you thought right I know I can bring this to another level because I can bring us but you obviously grew up in it but then you realized okay there's somewhere like I can bring this further along was there a point you thought right I actually want to at least like become an entrepreneur yeah, I think it was a real time where I had an opportunity to open a nail bar. And so I thought, well, this is combines my love for nails. And now I have a business. This is great. And it was actually when I started the nail bar that I realized that that was never going to be enough for me. And um, it moved me out of doing what I loved, which was nails and moved me into sort of managing people. And it became such a different job for me. And I was like, the, the ambition here that I have isn't it's not going to scale fast enough for me so I said you know I'm going to cut my losses I I think I was four years there in House of Fraser in Dublin with an elbow and I was like this I, I want more and um, so that was kind of the pivotal point where I was like I want to do products because this will scale I can move this to other markets I don't have to be there all the time mm -hmm. checking everybody you know I can make something and let it grow so when did Moxie Love then first come about when was that when was that born that, well, it was originally born in probably about 2015. I didn't get anywhere with it, like hard product ready to go until 2017. But it was it was a good two years sort of rolling around between samples and, you know, brainstorming. I wanted like 10 products and then I realized, oh, it's very costly. I think I'll just start with one. And um, so 2017, it started. But of course, a few years before that, I was planning. I think it's really important though for people to know that, that these things take time. It's not a case of going, you know what? I'm going to start this like business. It actually does take time and effort. And I suppose there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that maybe we don't see because we probably only see the end product and maybe, you know, we see it when it's ready to go. But as you said, it's a couple of years you're, you're, you're building, you're developing. Was there ever a point as probably as a businesswoman now, an entrepreneur, that you kind of thought, right, is this the right thing to do? Or did you always just believe in it? You're like, right, no, this is what I want to do. And I'm just going to stay going after it. I knew for sure that it was what I wanted to do. And I knew that I would keep going. I did have a point where I was like, I have no money. How am I going to, how am I going to grow a business with no cash? And my mom just kept saying, keep going. You, but by the time you need the cash, you'll have so much work done. It'll all fall into place. And she was so right. And even now when people ask me, where do you start? Start anywhere because 
by the time you need to pay for the stock, you'll have gone through 10 rounds of samples. You'll have changed the name twice. You'll hate the font. You'll change the logo. You know, there's so much before that comes. So don't talk yourself out of it. Don't um, reduce your ambition because you think you won't get there. Because by the time you get to that stage where it becomes harder, you've done so much hard work already without realizing it. So that's my advice. And that was the advice given to me. And it's, it's still what I do today. What I love about it, so you started the beauty industry, you obviously grew up in it, then you were like, I want to do this myself. Then you stepped over to the media, the television, which obviously as well is like, it's another huge platform, but it's a completely different ball game in some ways. So what was it like when you first kind of got onto the TV screen and suddenly you're pitching your business, not just to, to, to business leaders and, and to investors and to other entrepreneurs, but to like the public as well. Yeah. I think it probably started young from my mom. I never had this big OTV thing um, because my mom would have done a lot of demos. Mm. Even I did, you know, at a young age, like I'd go on and be like, here's how you do this on nails. And it always just made it, I suppose, really approachable, really casual. I never considered, oh my God, loads of people are watching this. And that probably helped. And I think the reason I drifted towards TV when it came to pitching and looking for investment and even out to the general public was because I felt so comfortable. I was like, you know, I can sell it in a boardroom where people are like what are the figures I'm like oh can you not just talk to me it's all fluffy and great so I think that made me more comfortable nearly and I'm sure it's what would scare people more but I it just didn't have the same effect for me and I said that when you have like when I say tv there's Dragon's Den there was The Apprentice now obviously The Apprentice has become a huge name and I think The Apprentice UK is huge over here and you know we all really tune into it what was that like? Because suddenly you're, you're not just on the in the Irish TV. You're you're in the UK, which is a huge and a massive like it's a whole other ball game as well. For sure, that was a risk. You know, I considered it. This is going to be risky. I either go and you know end up doing extremely well, and then people will see my product and it will work well for me, or I go, the edit isn't favorable to me, or I do things that you know people won't like which did happen throughout the series so I had a bit of both but I'm grateful that I sort of went on I stayed true to myself um I didn't know how it was going to go so I think we had about five months between filming it and when it aired and all I could think of was like what are the, what am I going to be like are people going to think I'm an idiot are they going to think I'm like a blonde bimbo or just I don't know and so it was a risk it did end up paying off of course it was it ended up being great for me I made it to the final three in the end and yeah I had all of Ireland rooting for me I had lots of the UK rooting for me too so I'm so grateful but it was a risk I it could have gone either way and because like that was all pre-recorded so by the time that actually aired were you were you back like at home obviously to keep it all secret as well yeah. so what was it like for you watching it back on television seeing so, so suddenly you've, you've, you've put all the work in you've been in the UK you've recorded all you've made it to the top three you come back to Ireland and then suddenly you're watching it unfold and you know and your, your followers are probably just going up, 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 up. You obviously know the end result. Yeah. So how that's because suddenly you're, you're kind of, I find, especially when people go on TV in the UK, Irish people, you're just catapulted. Totally. And it was the hardest thing to A, not tell people because at one stage when we were filming, I think it was episode four, three or four, we were papped by the paparazzi and I was sequestered in London. I had no contact with family, friends, nothing. But all my friends had seen it. So in a way that was a bit easier. I was like, I can't confirm or deny, but here I am walking and Alan Sugar's there and it's all weird. So they knew, which was great, but I, I couldn't say anything. So I came home after this 10 weeks of this intense excitement, knowing how far I came, not knowing how I came across. So that was a risk and then just people are like oh I know you're gonna win I can tell by your face I know you've won you've got it and I'm like 
oh my god I can't say anything either way like it was horrible because I was like I'm gonna let people down and I did feel a bit like oh this is such an anti-climax because people really backed me especially in Ireland so um yeah and the follower thing that was just crazy and there was one episode where I had sort of said oh a girl is going to be the leader of the team and it was totally taken the wrong way and people were like Pam is a sexist I was getting trolled it was so I've had the highs and the lows and do you know what all of it combined is worth it but it is hard to to take if you're not used to it you know and I suppose with this social mind it is a self-love series so for you how did you kind of look after yourself and protect yourself while all this was happening or was it a learning curve along the way Definitely a learning curve. I think taking time out, I never really thought about needing to step away, especially, you know, when you want to just reply to people, you don't know me, that's not how it is. And so I definitely took a step back and said, you know, I'm not going to reply to people straight away in anger or in emotion. And that definitely helps because the producers were telling me, don't worry. You know, they didn't edit it to make me look bad. It was just how it was taken. And so they were like, it will be old news tomorrow. And you honestly don't think that's going to be the case. And you think everyone's thinking it about you. I'm sure the next week everyone had forgotten. And so that really taught me a lesson and to just not be so reactive. And I think even in business, in life, just don't react to things. You know, take a breath, take a step, write it down first before you press send. I saw someone else say something, you can set a delay on your emails, you know, a five minute delay. If you change your mind, you can stop it going out. You know, there's a lot of that. And I think that's probably the best way because you just protect yourself from being overreactive. I think that's really important that what you said there, because I think we're very reactive to social media, especially when it comes to trolls. We're very quick to kind of want to reply. And I think that is a really important message for everyone watching and for people listening is that you take a step back before you reply, as you said. And I always think like if you even just sleep on it and then maybe the next day, think about it, rationalize, maybe chat to people that you know, and then you can come up with a reply. And I find sometimes when you think about it, you actually then don't reply because you're like why am I wasting my time to someone who is not being very nice to me when I know who I am and I think I suppose as I said you you got catapulted into the media there and suddenly everyone started knowing your name and um, Pamela Lara became a household name in Ireland and the UK as well you know we were all watching you and the apprentice were all rooting for you as well but then of course you're still a businesswoman you're still an entrepreneur you have a brand you're still building that brand so I guess in in, in some ways the brand was becoming really well known as were you how did you find it trying to to juggle the kind of this newfound, we'll say, fame in Ireland and also your brand and trying to keep that, like, obviously build that and, and get that out to, to more markets. I felt like extremely pressured and probably not very prepared for that. And although I, I knew I had to make the most of the opportunity, I was considering the most of the opportunity was meet buyers, get more stockists, grow the brand. But actually, there was a huge opportunity to grow my own profile alongside it, which only ended up benefiting the brand. So I probably was slightly delayed on that side of things because I... I guess it's a natural Irish thing, you know, we're not really about <laughs> ourselves, you know, and I went on the show with my business, I went on Dragon's Den with my business, anytime I do TV, it's with beauty, it's not like, hi, I'm here, and this is me, so I had to get used to that, and I think when people were interested in just me, and the story, I was like, okay, so there's an opportunity here, and it only ends up benefiting the brand, so I definitely had to let that in a bit, let it go, let it settle, and pursue it a bit more and um, but that's not easy and I think the balance of the two is always hard there are days where I'm just head down into business and I'm like god I should have really documented that because that's why people follow me but then it's it's very difficult there's like a blurred line for sure how have you found it now with running the business as well because I have seen you know you've had international calls and a lot of um interest from abroad I saw South Africa on your stories yeah. so what has that been like then trying to like literally juggle the business side of things and sell to these amazing markets and bring your brand worldwide 
Yeah, I mean, it's difficult. It's, it's, they're the fun things, you know, that's what really gets me going. Like, although all of the opportunities that The Apprentice has brought has been fun, I love doing all of those. I get really excited when it's about scaling and growth. And so that's really what I love. And I love to share that. And um, I filmed a few things where like, uh, things haven't gone so well. And I'm like, should I push it live? And I think I probably will. I'll share the bad stories too, because I think not every pitch and meeting is a success, you know? And so I think it's important to share all sides because it can look very smoke and mirrors. And to be honest, there's a lot of plates spinning in the background here. <laughs> One falls and it's all a bit of a mess. So um, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's, it's the part that I love. It's the hardest to juggle, but I love the pressure. I just, I thrive off you know deadlines and timelines I just think that that's where I really succeed well actually if, it's, if I'm stuck for time. I think you've got a great balance between businesswoman and and your 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 TV work as well and I've seen you on the Today Show and RT as well and I think it's like you've just struck a really nice balance and I have to say that's what I really find interesting following you because you do show kind of so many different aspects as well and I have to say when I see you obviously you said you know the nails was your baby and I I see you doing it and I'm like I, I can't even show you my nails now because you'd actually be I'm not going to show you mine I'm <laughs> terrible too <laughs> but it's just I find it amazing just I see your I watch your little beauty hacks and I'm like she makes it look so easy and I'm like okay I, I can probably try this at home so I just think you know you have such a lovely balance between between everything you seem to have a really nice balance so when again bring it back to the self-love and the self-care um, how do you balance that for yourself? You know, um, I don't think entrepreneurs are great at balancing things like that. I think it's really hard not to get so excited by a business success and really hard not to get so down about an, an like unsuccessful meeting or something falling through. And I think from that side of things, I feel that it's probably something I'll never shake, but there are things that cheer me up. There are things that I do to switch off. Like I can switch off. I'm capable of watching Netflix and, you know, getting switched off. But as soon as I wake up in the morning, the only thing that's back in my mind is my business. So it's always a struggle. I think there's probably, I'm probably not the best balancer, but I think I make it work for me. I've just grown up with entrepreneurs. My mom and dad both had their own businesses in the house. So work didn't finish, you know, work came home with us all the time. And so I've definitely learned that it's probably not the healthiest, but equally it's it's something I really enjoy. So I have to be aware of when it creeps in too much and, and gets on top of me. Um, but sometimes I just love to scroll on ASOS or online shopping. That's just mindless scrolling. I don't have to do it on social media where I get like, oh, should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? It's just a time for me to just aimlessly browse. <laughs> so that helps. So that was going to lead on to my next question about like what you do for downtime. But is, is it like kind of just scrolling and just kind of like I find sometimes I just throw something on Netflix that just it's kind of one of those other series that you don't really need to watch that you can just yes it's in the background it's like if you missed a whole 40 minutes you're like did I watch that whole episode how did that happen yeah I do that too and I think um you know I wish I was up in the summer I love to get out and about I love being outside I'm not a great outside winter person so it's definitely the Netflix thing for me I have to say comfort food at this time is just so great you know looking forward to a pizza I'm gonna have a pizza tonight you know that's kind of the, the little joys that get to me at the moment or making a cocktail or something fun they're the small things that I probably would never dream of doing unless I was going out out or you know whatever but now I think there's so little joy in the day that you sort of just have to indulge you're, no, you're absolutely right. I actually made cocktails earlier and I had pizza and I saw everything you mentioned. Amazing. Like, well, I have my pina colada here. Yay! <laughs> it's so lovely. It's, it's those little moments, those little treats because obviously we can't socialise the moment, we can't see our friends, we can't 
do these things that we normally do. So it's trying to make those comforts at home. And one of the questions we've been asking all our guests on this um, self-love series is, what advice would you give to your pre-COVID self? So if you had to share a bit of advice, what do you think it would be? Ooh. <laughs> I think I would be saying yes to everything. Um, because I tend to travel a lot, I used to just be like to the girls, oh no, like I, you know, I have an early flight or I have this and um, I'm like, I'm in my, I was in my 20s and early 30s. So now I should just be like, and like, you know, you can be tired, it's allowed, you know. And I think definitely just being less hard on myself for schedules yeah. and deadlines and equally, going to London, you know, go. Like if you've just one meeting, just go, just get up and go and enjoy that. Because I really used to complain about the red eye. I used to complain about like, I'm only going here and I have to fly home again. But honestly, I enjoyed it. Even though I would complain, I did enjoy it. And so I just take every opportunity, no matter what it is. Because even if it seems like a small opportunity, there's huge opportunities within the opportunity, whatever it might be. So um, yeah, I won't be saying no to relatively anything from now on. <laughs> I feel like I'm the same. I'm like, I'll go, yeah, anywhere, yeah, I'll go there. I'll be, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to say yes to everyone and everything. It's yeah. like, I just don't want to miss out on any opportunities. And I'd say there's been loads of love for you here tonight in the comments. So thank you so much to everyone that has been sharing the love for Pamela. I completely agree with, with it all. Like, she's just incredible and amazing. And there's been a lot of talk about uh, your beauty tips and everything. With regards to Moxie Loves, what can we expect next? Or, you know, can you tell us about what is the, the, the next stage of plan or what has Pamela got? got to there's so much exciting stuff actually just right behind my phone is like all the MPD, the new products that I'm working on. And we're definitely sticking with the dry element. We've removed all the water content from our products. And I think that's just going to be a huge trend. And I'm excited to grow within that space. And um, of course, you've seen me pitch South Africa, send samples to Australia um Mexico on Friday we pitched to Mexico um we're launching to Lloyd's Pharmacy in the UK so really just trying to like spread our wings we're a really small brand um but I'm excited for what's ahead and for me I'm just going to ride along with the brand to be honest I'm like hanging on the back of the brand doing whatever I can do with that do you know what though you're dead right set up all those countries so once this is all over you'll be like go visit all those countries <laughs> yes like, business trip need to go there need to go there need to go there i'm like so where's warm yeah we can launch there yeah <laughs> that sounds great <laughs> you need to have the brand let me go over there <laughs> i'll just fly just in case i'll just show up yeah exactly i think we can't all wait to like get out and about and everything so do you remind yourself the website for moxie loves for all the products and the updates Sure, it's moxyloves.com. And if you're in Ireland, you can pick it up in Dunn stores. You can get on Cloud 10. We're in all the group pharmacies, McCabe's. Um, so yeah, it's a really exciting time. And obviously, if you're in Boots, we actually, any day now, our dry shampoo sheets will launch into Boots stores as well and online. So that's great to have all the products in there. Absolutely. Pamela, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you and getting to know you and all about your brand and all your TV work. And I said, I have seen you on the Today Show as well. And I always look forward to your beauty trips and tricks and everything. So I say to everyone, that is watching and if you haven't followed Pamela yet you definitely should because I'm I feel like every time I watch your stories I've learned so much from you as well oh, and I'm like oh my god like, as I said you just make things look so much easier and I'm like I need to try this because we're all in lockdown we can't yeah. go vacations we can't get our, our usual trips and like our beauty things done so I think yeah, what you're doing as well is, is great and I love that you share so much of of your you know being a businesswoman being a beauty expert being an entrepreneur as well and I think you give such like I think for any people watching be it male or female, you just show that you can do this and 
the fact that you were on The Apprentice in the UK and you've done all this work and now you're branching out to all these countries. Like, it's really incredible to have someone to admire and look up to as well. So thank you so much for that. Thank you. That's such a lovely outro. Thank you so much. And yeah, it's been such a pleasure chatting to you. It's actually just brightened up my Sunday. It doesn't feel so doomy and gloomy now. <laughs> well, I have to say, we'll have to make cocktails now of this and hopefully in the not too distant future, we can have cocktails in real life. I'll come up to Dublin and we'll uh, be able to enjoy each other as well. So as I said, Pamela, for sure. Pleasure chatting to you and I look forward to seeing what's next for you and for Moxie Loves as well. Likewise. Thank you so much and thanks everyone for tuning in. Yes, thanks for all the comments. Well, Pamela, Ikiwa, have a good Sunday night and we'll chat to you, you soon. You too, bye. Well, I'm Megan Scully. I've been your host tonight. Thank you all so much for all your comments, all your love, etc. And we look forward to seeing you all again soon.